When you're an entrepreneur with a great idea, it can be daunting to find funding. Startup Raven takes the process out of your hands by helping entrepreneurs connect and learn about potential investors all in one place. Without any long-filled forms or thousand questions, Sign up for early access at StartupRaven.com. Welcome to StartupRad.io, your podcast and YouTube blog covering the German startup scene with news, interviews, and live events. Hello and welcome, everybody. This is Joe from Celebrate.io, your startup podcast from Germany, Austria, and Switzerland, as well as a YouTube blogger, newsletter writer. You can subscribe to our newsletter on Slack, startupradio.slack.com. Thanks for the hint, Philip. And of course, um, uh, founder of the world's most listened to 24-7 internet tech entrepreneurship radio startup.radio. Come join us. We just passed a new record towards the end of April with more than 23,000 listeners in 30 days. After I have done so much self-promotion, I would like to welcome my guest from Berlin, Philip. Hey, how you doing? Hi, Joe. Great to be here. I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you. Um, we may tell our audience because some people will view it on YouTube and they'll already see your name tag, Clink Finance. Um, we can tell that you are one of the two founders of Clink Finance, a project which is headquartered in London, but we're uh, sticking to the German speaking startup scene. So German entrepreneurs, even if they are working or founding abroad are of interest to us therefore i would like to welcome you here um i've been doing a little bit listening and researching you and one one of the most in fascinating aspects i found is in one of the podcast interviews i found about you you said you personally invested in crypto in 2016 and lost most of your money and now you're doing a crypto project can you tell take us through this journey how did this happen yeah, absolutely. So in 2016-17, I first got involved with the whole crypto space. So I learned about it um, across social media, like most of the the early users. So I came across YouTube videos. I followed people on Twitter starting to talk about cryptocurrencies. And it was during my studies where you're always low on cash and you see all those people driving fancy cars living their best lives. And then that really got me excited about the whole crypto space. So I first joined because I was interested in this shortcut to becoming a wealthy individual. And it didn't work exactly that way. So together with a few of my friends, we started investing in projects. We started participating in ICOs. So when new coins, new cryptocurrencies got listed, we were some of the early investors in those currencies. And outcome of that was that we more or less lost most of the most of the funds that we put in, in this space because we were definitely not well educated and just joined the space for, for the money. But now, a couple of years later, I'm building my own crypto project and I'm definitely a lot wiser when it comes to crypto investing and the whole space. 
What I also found interesting in one of the um, in one of the interviews, you said crypto won't make you a millionaire. <laughs> yeah, that's true for for most of the people investing. And there's also this um, this saying in the crypto space: "We're all gonna make it," which a lot of people are shouting and um, presenting in their tweets and social media posts. And that's also definitely not true. So. If you are joining the crypto space or if you have been in the crypto space for a few years, you have seen that people lose money and people go under. But of course, there's the, all these success stories and there's the huge potential of this crypto space that makes it an extremely attractive space, not just for investing, but also for generally be becoming a user and an early adopter of this technology. Mm -hmm. What I also found interesting when I've been doing uh, in the very early days of crypto here in Germany, some interviews, I always had a long disclaimer ending with do your own research. You also said you didn't do your own research. You just followed YouTubers and Twitter influencers. Uh, one question, are some of them still around, the ones that you followed back in 2016? Or did they need to hide? <laughs> Uh, some of them are definitely definitely around. And I mean, there's also a huge advantage of following crypto influencers because they are dealing with this space professionally and they are dedicating their whole life to to this space only. So they have most probably more insights into specific currencies, into specific technologies than you as a private individual have. But for me, One of the the biggest learnings was diversification when it comes to investing, not only in crypto, but also in stocks or any other investment class that you're interested in, and also where you store your funds. So when I first started investing in crypto, it was all in one wallet. It was all following only a handful of people, positioning myself very much exposed to um, a limited number of projects. And this is one of the biggest mistakes that you can make. So diversification, not only where you store your crypto, so always have multiple wallets, multiple exchanges set up where you split your funds. So even in case you lose access to one of your wallets or one of the exchanges where you hold funds go down, you are not 100% exposed um, to, to this failure. So That was one of the the very big learnings for me. Mm -hmm. um, I would also be curious, um, how are you doing your research now? I personally had to understand what type of investor I am. So when I first joined the space, I thought I wanted to be a trader. So because that is where you always see people uh, making most of their money. But for me, it trading cryptocurrency and checking prices of different different currencies on a daily basis uh, has led to such a high amount of anxiety that I understood, okay, I'm not a trader. I'm definitely more of a long-term investor. And since I understood that about myself, I am much more confident to operate in that space. So I moved away from trying to trade cryptocurrencies on a daily or weekly basis to more supporting projects that I'm using myself, that I'm a long-term believer in, and just holding some of the funds throughout the different hype cycles that we have seen across the, the whole crypto space. 
I really, really had to smile when you've been talking about that. Apparently, I'm a bit older than you are. And what you just described reminded me very much of my young days in the capital markets when the dot-com bubble was full blown up and everybody wanted to be a day trader in dot-com stocks. So I think it's the same effect, just different securities there. Um, and how did you get from this being broke, losing money in crypto to start a crypto project, meaning a crypto wallet? We will soon get into your special twist there. Yeah, so my professional background is across the whole startup space. So I worked in different ventures, mostly related to fintech, so financial technology, but also sustainability ventures. So these are the two topics that I'm mostly interested in, but not only from a startup perspective, but I also worked on the investment side. Mm -hmm. So with the venture capital firm investing in early stage projects, but also Techstars, an American accelerator program. So basically I've seen the startup space from a lot of different angles, but also the corporate aspect at the German stock exchange. And then for myself, understood that I, I wanted to build my own venture. And for me personally, the finance space was always very interesting. And I looked into the space and found that there is basically a lack of gamification in the whole fintech space so it's so successfully applied to so many different verticals but not really to the fintech space so i saw that many of my peers me personally included are not engaging that much with their personal finances and it had to to be much more engaging and exciting to do that so that's when i started to to validate that space to look into the field of gamification in personal finance soon met my current co-founder chris an irish guy who also lives in in berlin and we started to build clink and would i want to point out because i've seen this over and over in coverage you're not in gaming but you're in personal finance with a gamification element right Exactly. Yeah, that's one of the things that we we are getting better in communicating clearly because what we do is making a personal financial product more interesting, but without putting the money at risk, what you normally know from traditional gaming fields. Mm -hmm. I, I actually had an offer to work together with one of those um, big entities lending out cryptos. And I, I, I was going over it. I was just shaking my head and thought, hmm, how can somebody really think this is realistic? So you're not lending out the cryptos of the people. So basically, you are a wallet, a crypto wallet, a safekeeper with um, additional benefits um just one question in the beginning you said don't hold all your cryptos in one place would you also recommend this for your clients can clink finance be just one of the many wallets safekeepers that you have out there definitely yeah i 100 would mm. say so so when we aligned on the mission for clink we said okay we want to accelerate the adoption of cryptocurrencies so basically build an easy to use tool for all different kinds of crypto investors. So maybe 
that you've in the, in a, been in the space for a very long time or you've you have started to invest, you have maybe one account at an exchange and are looking for a different product to get a bit more exposure to the crypto space, or you're very much a first-time user who just wants to interact with crypto for the first time. So that's where we would establish also the Clink wallet. So a very easy to use application. So you just sign up with your email address, how you normally also know it from from your neobank or any other fintech application and then can start getting some exposure to cryptocurrencies. So also for everyone using Clink, it's always wise to have several crypto wallets um, at the same time. And we don't expect people to put their life savings into Clink, but it's more like a fun and exciting way to start getting this initial exposure like the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank taught even the entrepreneurs that you don't need one current account for your company, you need several, you should also do this privately. I'm personally having, I do believe, three current accounts just to spread the risk. Um, we always talk about like additional benefits, gamification of Clink Finance. Can you walk us through a little bit what you guys are doing there? Absolutely. So what we do with Clink is we are building a price-linked crypto wallet. So that means a crypto wallet, a place where you can buy and store your crypto funds, but with this twist. So the price link mechanism. What we do compared to other financial products in this space is we don't pay out fixed interest, but we pay it out with the price link mechanism. So every week we host a no-loss price draw. So everyone who is holding funds in Clink participates in this price draw and then can basically win prices between cents up to right now 100,000 on a weekly basis. So that's how we gamify the, the process of holding your funds in an account compared to fixed term interest products. We right now... I, I would be curious, you're talking about... 100,000. I was wondering, 100,000, what? Not 100,000 Bitcoins, right? <laughs> Not 100,000 Bitcoins, no. So $100,000 worth in the cryptocurrency that you're holding your funds in. Mm -hmm. I see. Uh, what was interesting for me, basically, it's a private wallet. It's a personal wallet. You put your cryptos in and then adding onto that, um, instead of an interest, you have this kind of lottery going on in the back. But as we discussed before, the people holding the cryptos in your accounts don't get interest, but instead they get lottery tickets. So that means when you hold more in your Clink wallet, uh, will you be, will you have a higher probability of winning something? Exactly. So the more funds you hold in the account, the more chances you have to win. So we basically take the value of $25 hold in any cryptocurrency in the wallet. And every $25, you get a ticket for this no loss price store that happens every week. Right now, we are supporting three different stablecoin currencies. So USDC, USDT and DAI. But soon we will roll out this price link service across many of the popular cryptocurrencies as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is is that all that 
there is in gamification. I remember, for example, one of the first um, crypto projects here in Germany was SaveDroid, and they had those micro savings, savings moves in there and a lot more like really games. What are you doing there is 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 the lottery in the background, which actually reminded me from my apprenticeship at the bank at the PS Losparen at the Sparkasse here in Germany. <laughs> yeah, so the space we are operating in is called price linked savings. So it's it's a space that not many know from the name of it, but it's actually very popular. So as you said, there is Gewinnspan in Germany, which is popular from the Sparkasse, but also it's one of the most used savings schemes in the UK. So there's a governmental bond called premium bonds in the UK, and one third of the whole population in the UK hold this price link bond. And the mechanism of this bond is very similar to Clink. So all the interest that's generated on the funds in the bond are basically distributed randomly to all the holders of this bond. And this is not only popular in the UK, but also across India, Pakistan, Australia. There's many different mechanisms of this price-linked savings mechanism that we are bringing into the crypto space. And what we want to build with this, with this application, with this wallet, is a place where people hold over the long term. So we want to incentivize people to get exposure to crypto and hold it instead of day trading it and putting their funds more at risk. So we are planning more gamification. <clears throat> Excuse me. We are planning more gamification when it comes to the social holding of funds. So po pooling your funds together with your friends, with your family, with your community to make it even more engaging to hold funds. But we don't have any games itself incorporated in the application. Mm -hmm. um and i heard i heard and read that you guys actually first have insured all the prices that are won there and i was wondering i was really smiling how much researching and begging was going on to get an insurance company insure uh, something in a crypto project <laughs> it's so the space itself the insurance space is full of crazy insurances. So the first first time I looked into the space and saw what you can insure, you can basically get an insurance for everything. You can insure getting hurt at different body parts or that uh, there is an alien invasion coming. So there's insurances for everything, but the price indemnity insurance is actually a very popular one. So most of the lotteries or also in golf, you know, the hole-in-one hole in insurances, things like that are very popular in the traditional insurance space. So for us to present this model, so this lottery-type mechanism to an insurance partner was understood quite fast. So we found um, insurance brokers who have applied this model more to traditional financial uh, applications or to, to lotteries itself. And that's how we were able to, to find partners to ensure this top price. But what we are now doing is basically move it from the traditional insurance space into the crypto insurance space. So at the moment, we are building a decentralized way of generating the tickets and 
selecting the winners on a fully on chain so that every user is able to basically verify what happened in the draw, who is the winner, how is it truly random, and also get a DeFi insurance partner, so a decentralized crypto insurance partner to insure our jackpot price. So this hasn't been done in the crypto space. It's a new type of insurance in the crypto space. So we are very excited to build this currently together with our partners. So fingers crossed we can uh, announce it publicly also in June. That would be pretty good. Um, I was also wondering, okay, you have the wallet. You have people putting in the cryptos. You are also running a lottery awarding prizes to all of your wallet holders, wallet owners with with cryptos in it. And now I'm wondering how you guys are making money. There is in the traditional financial space, this mechanism that I explained of price linked savings. So where interest is generated on all the assets that are held in this price linked savings mechanism and then distributed in the form of prices. And we are operating in exactly the same way. So users deposit their funds and for us to build this easy entry into crypto and this easy entry into getting some exposure to the crypto markets, we are taking away the research part of how to invest their funds and how to generate interest on the funds. So once a user holds their funds in the account, we are generating interest by providing this liquidity to other players in the crypto space. So for stablecoin currencies, there's ways of decentralized lending. So providing this liquidity to other partners, but also of tokenized treasury bills. So actually having the crypto equivalent of governmental bonds to generate interest on the funds held. And this interest then is powering the prices that are paid back to the users together with the insurance that we have for the jackpot price. And going forward, and offering more additional currencies that we will do uh, over the coming months, we will also power prices through staking. So many of your listeners will probably be familiar with what staking is. So it's basically a validation mechanism of cryptocurrencies where you provide your liquidity to the network to validate transactions and then get revenue, get an interest paid for providing this liquidity. Mm -hmm. I see. Um, so it sounds more or less like you're working um, like usual banks do within um, within the capital markets. Um, are you guys regulated as a financial service provider in London? So we have a virtual asset service provider license. So we are regulated through an entity that we have in Poland. And basically what you currently see is there's huge changes happening in the, on the regulatory side in the whole crypto space. So only a couple of days back, the markets and crypto assets regulation was passed by the European Union. And until now, the whole licensing space across the EU and across the world is still very fragmented. And this new regulation that will then be fully in place over the next 12 to 18 months will give the same rights to crypto providers than 
banking providers, which is basically passporting their solutions across different markets by being regulated in one of the European Union states. So yes, we are licensed and regulated, and we are looking forward to this additional regulation coming into place because I see regulation as a key driver of mass market adoption and trust in the whole crypto space, because that's one of the biggest topics that you have to fight uh, for being and operating in the crypto space. You're already going into our outlook. I was first want to ask um, about your company outlook, but you already hinted more cryptocurrencies, um, decentralized um, insurance, and so on and so forth. Um, I would be curious, um, since you said transparency, do you think currently the cryptocurrencies in the broader audience, especially talking about Germany here, do you think they do have an image problem? I believe there is still an image problem in the crypto space. So it's shifting a bit away from what it has been in the past. So initially it was always a okay, crypto is this thing that's happening in the dark web and there's only uh, weird things happening and weird people operating. But I think we passed this milestone a while ago and still we see crypto businesses going under and people losing their money in it, which definitely causes an image problem. But I see two very, very positive things happening that will help the crypto image problem to get better. One is the regulate, regulatory aspect that I just touched upon. So with the new European-wide regulation coming into place. But the second is trust from an institutional side. So crypto has for a long time only been for traders, for people who want to make money fast, but without the proper institutional adoption. And we've seen much more of that over the last years, but also this year, a lot is happening. So if you look at basically any of the, the larger institutions, maybe on the financial side, like JP Morgan, but also Walt Disney, Starbucks, Adidas, all of the bigger brands, they are starting some of their projects in the Web3 space. So all this institutional adoption, all these corporates moving into the space, they basically work as influencers for everyone operating in the crypto space because institutional adoption will bring more retail adoption as well. I also do believe those projects would just there because they're X, Y, and Z, because their cryptocurrency um, may disappear over time. But as you said, there are some pretty big brands out there where they associate a token with some form of utility. Do you see in the long term that only a few cryptocurrencies can survive and the rest of the tokens will be attached or have some type of utility out there? It's an interesting question. So I I believe we will always have a multitude of different cryptocurrencies. So I'm not sure about the number, but I've seen 18,000 different currencies are operated right now, but it can also be more or less. I don't I don't know the exact number, but I believe it will decrease at some point in the future because of the additional regulation coming in. If you look at the space right now, it's very easy to launch your own cryptocurrency. It's very easy to uh, 
operate a good or bad model in the space. And with this new regulation coming in, the entry barriers will get higher. So it will get more difficult for new projects. This can have a positive influence on more sophisticated projects, more well-funded projects will launch, but it can also have a negative influence on the whole innovation in the space. So making it harder for people to operate in, it, in the space uh, through the regulation, it will get even, even more difficult to launch your project. So I expect that we will always have many, many different cryptocurrencies, crypto tokens with more or less good utility, but it's definitely um, something that will get more difficult with the regulation. Mm -hmm. I see. I'm going a little bit from the outlook of the overall crypto space to your Clink Finance outlook. Um, you already raised a pre-seed round in August 2022. Current investors include Blockchain Founders Fund, you. OB Ventures from Singapore, Signum Capital from Singapore, Tech Meets Trader from USA, and Startup Gym, interesting name, by the way, from Italy. Um, how, is, uh, how is your current funding situation? Are you currently raising as of early May 2023? Yeah, so we, as you said, we closed our first round of investment mid of last year. So this helped us to develop the initial team to bring the product into the market to get our licensing. And now just of today, so it's the beginning of May, we have onboarded two more investors to, to our cap table. So it's all not um, yet publicly announced, but we are still closing a bridge round. So we are still closing more investment at the moment. And this will help us to move our product into the market, um, accelerate our marketing efforts. And then we're looking at the next bigger race. The seed round will be in the second half of this year. Mm -hmm. I see everybody who'd like to reach out to you, go down here in the show notes, wherever you're listening to this, wherever you're watching this, there'll be a link in our show notes to our medium blog, medium.com forward slash startup rate minus io and there you'll find your personal linkedin profile so people can reach out directly to you and talk about this as always the last question are you guys currently hiring we are not officially hiring but i'm always interested to speak with anyone who is interested in this space and then we can see how we can shape a position that can benefit everyone involved since uh, we're recording this now in early May, it's expected to go live end of June. Um, I'm sure uh, people will listen to this for quite some time. Um, actually, as of today, we still have um, interviews from 2017 live people are listening to. Um, we'll link down here in the show notes your um, company hiring website your job website because i do assume if you're fundraising in the second half of 2023 there will be a few more jobs out there when people are listening to this after summer 2023 absolutely and i'm always happy to answer any questions directly so 
on LinkedIn or on Twitter is the best way to reach out to me as well. Of course, you find the link, uh, the Twitter link also down in our show notes. Philip, has been a pleasure having you as guest. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's all, folks. Find more news, streams, events, and interviews at www.startuprad.io. Remember, sharing is caring.